Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry and author in residence at Midwestern Seminary. And I'm here as always with my co-host and my friend, Ross Ferguson, academic advisor at Midwestern Seminary. How you been, brother? We are doing good. Uh, as a family, we're getting used to America. Okay. I, I might even say... Getting used to this feels just like Fievel goes west. This is like an American tale. This, I would actually say that we're, to America. We're, we're, <laughs> we're moving to enjoying it. Um, oh, it's, so, taken, it's, it's take, taken a while. It's taken a while. Um, can you not tell? I'm fairly patriotic. Uh, yeah. My previous church, the, the when we left, the guys said, we can finally have a service because this is in England. We can finally have a service where Scotland is not mentioned. Oh my um, so I'm quite patriotic, <laughs> but no, honestly, our family's doing well. Um, kids have settled in really well, loving, loving our church environment and um, loving the friends we're making and, and all the things that God has got us in. Um, the weather, oh man, it's so good to no yeah. longer be in summer. Uh, I never thought I would say that, but yeah. you know, my whole life has went like, oh man, if only summer was better. And then I finally get to it and I realize. I don't really enjoy it. Now you've summers. had, um, was it North Dakota? We've had North Dakota. North Dakota. Have you had a North Dakota winter? Yes. Okay. How does that compare to a Scottish winter? Oh my word. I'm it's so it's much colder. Okay. Um, yeah. So when we were there, it was like six feet of snow in one day, <laughs> you know, negative 30, 40. Yeah. You know, okay. um, you, here we have sirens. Don't go outside because there's a tornado. tornado. In North Dakota, they have sirens. Don't go outside because you will die of frostbite. You know, it's that wow. type of. Well, the sirens went off one day and someone said that means you're only allowed to be outside for five minutes and that's the maximum. And being, you know, a slight idiot, I thought, let's go outside and see what it means by five minutes. Right. It was so cold that my eyelashes froze shut. So I had to go inside because I couldn't see anything. And then I stupidly tried to open my eyes with frozen eyelashes. And I don't know oh. if anyone else has ever had this experience, but it felt like ripping my eyes off. It was that cold. Yeah. And uh, so I told this to a church member uh, when we were serving in North Dakota. And then he just looked at me and went, you went outside when the sirens went off. <laughs> told, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, you you really don't know how to live in North Dakota, do you? Yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't like being inside, though. <laughs> and then what I've realized is I love being inside in the summer here. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the temperatures are cooling. You know, we're, we're really all for that. So. Yeah, we're going to get there. Well, by the time this episode comes out, we'll be well into fall. So, But while we're recording, we're entering September yeah. and, and the beginning of fall. There was a lot of fog this morning. So I don't know what time you left yeah. your apartment, but I, I left my house about 6.30 to get here. And I'd take all back roads. And man, I could only see like 15 feet in front of my car. It was, it was kind so of rough. So where I'm from in Edinburgh, we call that the Har. Okay. So uh, it comes off the sea. And you How's that spelled? <laughs> H-A-R. Har. Oh, Har. Okay. Har. I thought it would be like H-O-R-R-O-R and it's pronounced Har. <laughs> <laughs> ha. Okay. So funny, mocking my voice. Um, <laughs> so the Har would come off okay. uh, the sea and it kind of lays on, on the city for like the whole morning. It's a kind of oh, okay. um, wet fog that's just yeah. there. So like this morning, the fog coming out, it felt normal. Mm. Um, what I know is not normal to me though is in about two hours, the sun is going to be burning so hot that I'm going to have to have like multiple changes of clothes just to keep my composure <laughs> through the day. Our own Dr. Dr. Madsen joked about 
when you look at a Scotsman, he never knew that someone something could be still alive yet so white. Um, that's kind of his uh, his little joke here. But no, yeah, love, loving the states, loving being here, constantly Good. amazed by God's blessing of of how he provides and how he guides. Yeah, perhaps not unrelated. As you adjust to American culture, we're talking about not being a jerk. How Your to, transitions how are to not be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm doing my best, man. Don't be a jerk about my transitions. That's today's subject. When mm. I sent this to you, well, I forgot what you said, but it was basically... Well, I, I burst out laughing. didn't know where it was going. I was, I was in the office and I burst out laughing. I was like, where are we going to go with this? How to not be a jerk? Well, yeah. go figure. Don't be one. Like, well, is that the end th- of the podcast? I mean, don't you think... Our last co-hosting episode, we talked about difficult conversations and I, I set the scenario of the guy outside the room he has got to walk into the difficult mm. room. What advice do we give him? Well, first of all, I just think that jerkdom or jerkiness is practically epidemic right now in evangelicalism. And if we want to just hone it in, I mean, I think it's all over the place. Guys in churches are dealing with jerks in their congregations and things. We can talk about social media. Can I define jerk? Because this is an American word. Oh, okay. You don't have the word jerk for somebody I mean, in Scotland, you can use any word, but mainly it's you're an idiot. That's kind of what we use. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't of, think of somebody who's stupid. No, 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 no. No, but or, we would use that for, yeah. I believe, jerkish behavior, like stop being an idiot, which is basically okay. stop being antagonistic. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. So I assume that's what we're meaning by jerk. But this is a an American phrase, phraseology. Okay, but we, we are in America. Yes, <laughs> I, I realize that as I say this. I mean, I, I know we have non-Americans <laughs> listening but we are in America, so we're going to use American language. I feel like you're being a jerk right now. Even when I when <laughs> I say the word uh, flavor, wrong all, spelling. It, just, it doesn't have a U in it. Wrong spelling. Even just when I'm saying it. Yep. When I say the word gray, it's with an A. Yeah. You know. Uh, you marked me down for this. Fun fact. In my class. And I don't know if I explained what, because you used E. So I, I wrote something. Yeah. So we were talking about this the other day where I took Jared's class. I was you a know. jerk. I won't go that far, but there was some British spellings in there that were noted against. Um, I did that? Yeah, yeah, you scribbled out one. That's really interesting because uh, growing up, writing in class in like elementary school, primary school, I used British spelling. I was always reading, you know, Lewis and Tolkien and Dickens. And and so I I thought gray was spelled with an E for a long, long time. And had to be corrected myself because I was using British, but as an American kid, because all I read were English authors. I mean, so it surprises me that I would have, I mean, maybe I would have gently been saying to you, you have to write for an American audience now that you're here. I don't think I would have been saying this is not. There's another professor who said that less gently. Uh, I would would say, (laughs) I think the phrase is, you're an American now. Mm. Uh, Very much came out. Yeah. yeah, So jerkish behavior. Jerkish uh, behavior. (laughs) Sorry. I don't want to. Let me give this scenario. I know we went on a rabbit trail. Let's give it. But the the people love the banter. Yeah. I don't know that they they do or not, but but I don't care because I'm a jerk. (laughs) The guy who's uh, he's about to log on, and I guess yeah. he's not logging. Nobody logs on anymore. You just nope. oh, you're just you on. just pull up your phone unless you have multi-factor authentication. Yeah, you okay. know, you're gonna have some issues. There. He's about to get on Twitter. He's about to get on Facebook. You can easily apply this just to real life conversations, but he's about to interact on an issue in his mind. It's pressing. It's important. It's a harm or a challenge facing the church, or it's just somebody who's got a wrong opinion. You're speaking to the Christian who's going to uh, enter the world of, into the public marketplace of ideas. What should he keep in mind? <laughs> what, 
what sh- how should he be approaching being a human being interacting with another human being? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so basic. Like, but we're at this point. I yeah. mean, we're laughing about this, but yeah. we're at this point. I just I see the way some people communicate and the way they interact and I just think I mean, for, you know, forgive me, forget Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> How about just being a, a normal human yeah. being? Yep. And, but let, let's not forget Christianity. Let's bring in, what do you, you I know, think, how do you not be a jerk? It's more, this is so basic in life, isn't it? Uh, but I think, first of all, know your personality. So, so me and you are going to, I think, come across slightly different on this okay. issue. So, so, you know, your Twitter is, um, Far more exponential reach than than mine, okay. but you are more jokey. I think online in terms of personality, yeah. Um, you'll use um, different gifts. You'll you'll put out different things. You'll say things that are sarcastic, and, and anyone that knows you knows they're sarcastic. And so your personality is more aligned to that. So okay. you you got to essentially check your personality. How am I going to phrase this in such a way that people can tell it's a joke? But but I'm still you know being serious on these parts. Yeah. For me, I'm I'm more of a serious. <laughs> okay. I'm just realizing how bad I'm making you look right now. <laughs> um, but I write. I tend to write more you're, seriously. You're more godly, is what uh, you're saying. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but therefore, I don't pick up on the jokes. Oh, I and see. So therefore, I can rail or think a rail against something when actually someone's not being all that serious. And just the way my personality works is, I tend to go to the serious thing quicker than I go to the the mm. kind of funny thing. So I think know your personality before you type anything. If you're trying to be funny and you're not funny, don't try to be funny, you know? Okay. Um, but how do you know if you're not funny? Someone will tell Somebody you will tell because you. people are jerks. Do you know, like <laughs> someone's going to say <laughs> right, you're not okay. funny. So yeah, for me, it's a personality thing. And I think also know your audience. Like, what is this for? Who's looking at this? You know, it's if it's a public forum, then speak in a public manner, not in a private manner don't do inside jokes and inside chat in a public forum because yeah. it's going to be read by other people but hey you, you're the guru of social media i don't know about um, that well i just think how many followers do you have again Sixty thousand, uh, something like i don't know i i said that for you so you don't have to see i honestly don't know i'd have to look it is 60 some thousand yeah, i don't know but, but it's don't know what 60, it <laughs> do you want me to look it up no, 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 okay no, all right yeah okay know your personality mm-hmm. understand different tones of voice or just how the internet, it doesn't show tone of voice. We have to be careful with how we express things. I'm thinking though, just of the guy who's, I mean, he's just in conquest mode. The whole, (laughs) he doesn't, he doesn't care what the tone of voice is. Just get off social media. He's reading everything through the lens of I'm taking a stand. I'm correcting people. I'm putting them in their place. I'm policing, you know, something like that. I just like take stock of your life a little bit more. Sometimes these are guys that they, they don't act like that in their real life. I'll get burnt by some guy online who's just going around lobbing Molotov cocktails into everybody's windows. And a mutual friend will be like, oh, if you just knew him in real life. And I'm like, no, no I mean, this is real life. This, this is real. This just because we're not across from each other. And, you know, just because he wouldn't do that in my physical house doesn't make it okay because this is still, it's, it's, it's an extension of speech. Mm. It's, a, it's an extension of being unable to restrain your tongue. There's just so many biblical warnings about how we talk. Yeah. And not just to believers, but to unbelievers alike. Just there's so much damage that can be done by a loose yeah. tongue and a venting of anger. That's that's another thing too. And it becomes spiritualized. I I want to talk about this just for a couple of minutes, maybe. There are people who say, look, 
I mean, there's heresy in the church. There are people who, who pose great harm to the church. There are people who, who are legitimately enemies of the things of faith. And you don't mollycoddle those things. You know, Martin Luther insulted, you know, his enemies. Jesus made a whip out of cords and drove people out of the temple. I'm just walking in the line of prophets. Right, you're laughing, but this is how the reasoning goes. I know. What do you want? What do you want? Ross, you want to take out the Bible verse where Paul tells the you know Judaizers to go castrate themselves? You want to take that out of the Bible? Well, are you such a softy? <laughs> are you such a wimp that you would take that's in the Bible? So th- this is how the logic yeah. goes. All that's there. So I have biblical precedent to be like this. Yeah. What well, what do you say? You're taking one occasion, mm-hmm. one moment. And then, you know, maybe maybe a couple of moments, a couple of months go by in, yeah. in scriptural time. And then there's another moment and you're creating that into a minute by minute crusade online. Like genuinely, to put it bluntly, in a Scottish way, you're being an idiot. Like <laughs> this is not how you win people yeah. over by being the guy. But they don't care about winning people over. They should just get off social media. You know, this this whole conversation bugs me because anyone that is like this online, so I have a big bugbear about this. If you want to correct people online, get offline. Like it's it's just mm. it's not for the public forum. And if have you, you ever seen anyone? I legitimately want to ask anybody: Has anyone ever seen somebody go? You know what? I was totally wrong about this. <laughs> About something significant, maybe yeah. it's like you know, oh, you convinced me I should use those wipes yeah. instead of the you know, you know these other wipes that yeah. I've been buying. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I had I had one guy, oh, maybe this was a year ago, and he was like quite antagonizing with these question marks, um, and and so I kind of you know answered them, and I was just like, hey, I don't think we're really communicating well. I have some time in the calendar. Feel free to you know email. We'll have a Zoom chat about this. And then his response was, I don't have time for Zoom and this wasn't about this. I just wanted to ask these questions. And like, so actually you're not interested in a conversation. You're interested in pontificating right. in your righteous manner about something you think you're right and I'm wrong. Like to me, just get off social media because you're not doing anything of good here. It, it's a venting. It, it completely is with an yes. excuse of scripture behind you. There are guys I know and guys I see that they say I, that I, I'm here to antagonize. I'm here to set the record straight. I'm here to make a stand. And when you peruse what they're doing, it's like, no, you're actually someone, you, you lack self-control. Yeah. Uh, you lack maturity because as as you said, they've shifted the, the weight, you know, all of the biblical examples we have mm-hmm. of somebody demonstrating righteous indignation or righteous anger, and then all the commands we have yeah. to being peaceable and gentle and yeah. kind and not being quarrelsome, and they invert that. They, yeah. they you know, diminish all those commandments, like direct commands. Yeah. Uh, Philippians 4, 5, let your reasonableness yeah. be known to everyone. Hebrews 12, 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Romans 12, 18, if possible, as far as it depends on you, yeah. live at peace with Everyone, the fruit of the spirit yeah. is love, joy, peace. Yeah. They take those and they go, eh. They see Jesus, the perfect Son of God, yeah. driving people out with a whip, and they go, ah, that's the normative yep. mode for ministry. So they take what's really a punctuation. I think mm-hmm. that's what you're saying is like, do you have these yep. you know, circumstances, and then there's time, yep. you know, normal time between. I, I see it as like it's a punctuation mark, yep. and they say, ah, punctuation mark. Every sentence 
Yep. Almost like from in Seinfeld where Elaine's mad at her boyfriend that there's not an exclamation point at the end of every sentence on a message. But the reality is if every sentence has an exclamation point, none of them do. Like yeah. that's just yelling all the time. It becomes a white noise. Yep. We're not even listening to you yep. anymore. We just go, that's the guy who's always venting. He has no control over his temper or his anger or his reviling. Or So you can take it this another way, though. Just as you were saying this, we're talking about Christian matters. Yeah. But I think Christian or non-Christian, the one that really gets people's goat going is politics. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality is if how you're commentating on politics, if you're how you're engaging online is guaranteeing a struggle to reach a certain person for Christ, you are in the wrong. It's as simple as that. If you're railing against another political party, if you're railing against another person, if you're railing against a a Christian's view, if you're railing against the modern view, and that is what people know you for, you can forget that you're going to be the one that says, hey, come to Christ, he'll carry your burdens. They're (laughs) not going to listen to you. Which means, if anything, they're more likely to go to the liberal type churches because they don't beat them over the heads online. Mm. And I think the thing is we can transfer this to so many things in life. When you're driving, how peaceable are you with with other people on the road? And that's the one I probably have to struggle with a little <laughs> bit more. But, you right. know, when, when you're around your family, which family members you just cannot stand sitting next to you? And it comes back always to the same thing of, are you checking your attitude before you check others? Um, yeah. I sometimes ask, this is not the same conversation, but it's, I think, somewhat parallel. Pastors who are interested in gospel centrality, they want to implement greater gospel centrality in their churches, and they are kind of bemoaning the fact that my people aren't gospel-centered and they're not quite getting it. And, and they become kind of naggy mm. about gospel centrality and almost want to say, like, you're being legalistic about gospel centrality, yeah. which is kind of antithetical. And so the question I ask them is to say, how did you come to this conviction? Like, how did you become convinced gospel-centered is the way to go? Was it because somebody was constantly pressuring you and saying you need to be gospel-centered, you better be gospel-centered? They were constantly saying that they were disapproving of you or disappointed in you because of you know you weren't gospel-centered enough. Well, no, it came about through a more positive example. You saw the ministry of others. You read some books that influenced you. You heard speakers. or There was a positive mm-hmm. example that uh, put you in a position to consider something and go, oh, I reevaluate. And it was a radical change that you made. Yes. If that's what you're trying to affect in others, that's what you want, coming at them as a nag and as a scold and, I mean, just constantly critical spirit, that's not getting what you want. That's not the end result you want to see, which makes me wonder, is it really about the end goal? And I don't think it is. I think it's about some kind of self-soothing. It feels good to vent. It feels good to feel like the guy who's punching everybody in the face. I want to feel like a tough guy. Yeah. There's an insecurity, there's a wound, there's just an immaturity. You know, I mean, there's just something there. And we have to reorientate ourselves into if that desire, as you say, to punch people in the face every day on social media <laughs> right. uh, is there. You have to reorientate yourself to a different desire. So something I do, and I've, I've encouraged so many others to try and do as well, is I try to send three encouraging things a day. Um, so I use email, text, phone calls, social media posts, but I, I literally don't engage with anything really until I've done that in terms of other social media interactions because I want the desire to be for encouragement, encouraging posts, encouraging uh, messages. And hey, after I've done that, I might see something I disagree with, but I'm in the mode of encouragement. Mm. So I'm more likely, hey, brother, I I disagree with you. Here's my points. 
have you considered this? We'd love to kind of just see where your your argument's going rather than going, hey, you're an idiot. This is what's right because you're starting from a different place. So if you have a tendency to rail against people, there needs to be a divine change in your life to have a desire to encourage people. Yeah. And if you are going to be the crusader that encourages people back to the gospel, now that's a crusader we can all get behind, but we can't get behind a guy that is going to go, I'm going to beat these people down until I get them to my side. <laughs> right. Paul, in, in his letter to the Romans, reminding them that it was God's kindness that mm-hmm. led them to repentance. Yeah. For it was God's kindness that led you to repentance. That's the posture, I think. And it is, is it as simple? Let's close with this. I almost felt kind of trite writing this down. I just wrote down, the golden rule is great. <laughs> is it trite to consider the golden rule? It's like, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How well, okay, guy tempted to jerkiness, yeah. how well do you do if when someone is interacting with you and the only mode they know is to criticize you, dog you, insult you, mock you, you wouldn't be like, I really want to listen to this guy. Mm. I really care what this guy thinks. No, you, you block him, you mute him, you go back at him, whatever you're doing. So why do you think that that mode is okay yeah. for you? Yep. And why would you think that that would even commend Christ? It's, it's turning a punctuation into normativity when really it should be the other way around. So this is not you and I saying there's never a place for Anger. Yeah. I mean, we would say there's always a place for standing up for the truth. Yeah. There's just kind, gentle, Christ-adorning ways to do that. But we're also not saying, like, there's never time for anger. I mean, I think, you know, in terms of clear injustice, mm. a righteous indignation, but we just have too many biblical commandments yep. against losing our temper, about venting, about being quarrelsome to go, well, I think I'll give it a try anyway. I'm always struck by the silence of Jesus Mm. in his trial, silent all the way through because his behavior spoke volumes. And I think I'm not saying share the gospel. And if you have to use words, I don't like that phrase. When we share the gospel, we share it with words. Sometimes our behavior is us railing against things that we know are wrong. Sometimes being the silent party, sometimes being accused and allowing people to accuse us. Why not rather be wronged, Paul says, yeah. Yeah, but just imagine what, how different Jesus would have been if he went, Haha, no, you're wrong. This is actually <laughs> what happened, and I have Old Testament to back me up. Yeah. Like, he didn't. He stayed silent, knowing they are wrong, mm. because his behavior essentially saved the world. Yeah. Um, because his goal in the moment wasn't to win an argument. Exactly. It was actually to win the world to him through his Win sacrifice. the soul, not yeah. the argument. That's, that's kind of the goal, isn't it? That's good. That's a good word to end on. Been a good episode. If you enjoy the podcast, your listener, please give us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I don't know where else people listen to podcasts, but I don't even look at Spotify reviews. I I should do that. I say, leave a review on Spotify. There may be a whole host of reviews. I, so I looked this up. You can't leave a review on Spotify. You can only star it. Like oh, star. stars. Okay, so I, give us all the stars. Give us all got. the stars. And you can listen on the For the Church website. <laughs> As my mother has done, you can just comment on Jared's Facebook. You can just go to my Facebook page. Leave a review. We are craving approval, so make sure you give us that (laughs) approval. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church. 